Welcome to day 130 of Shaped by the Word. We're slowly working our way through uh, Paul's letters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are in the second letter to the Corinthians, which uh, could be the third letter to the Corinthians, may even be the fourth letter to the Corinthians. The chronology is best as we can make it out as Paul, you know, established the church mm-hmm. somewhere, you know, in the in the 50s. And uh, then after he left the church, he got report that the church was struggling in many areas, so he's written the letter of 1 Corinthians. There's even a hint, though, in 1 Corinthians where Paul talks about a previous letter, so that would be a letter before 1 Corinthians. Mm-hmm. There'd be another letter that you know comes in between that. Uh, Paul writes 1 Corinthians in the hope the church will repent. The church gets a little incalcitrant. They, they do not repent. So Paul goes back into what he calls a painful visit. It did not go well as he confronted the leaders. The leaders uh, were not repentant, so he follows up on that visit with what he calls a tearful letter. And then he finally finds out that as a result of the painful visit and the tearful letter and follow-up, that they've begun to repent. Mm. So he writes this letter to rejoice you know, in their repentance, uh, to talk about who he is as, as an apostle, and then it, toward the end of the letter, he will address a few remaining people who have not yet repented uh, as a part of it. So the letter kind of moves in three panels where he uh, rejoices with their repentance and comforts them in the name of Christ. He begins to talk about the generosity of Christ as he talks about uh, the generosity of the people in supporting the poor back in Jerusalem. And then he will face those final few you know, that are still holding out and are still mm. you know, causing division in the church at the end of the letter. So let's pick up this wonderful first chapter of the book of 2 Corinthians or 3 Corinthians or 4 Corinthians. <laughs> There's no reason we wouldn't think yeah. that Paul didn't write a lot of letters to many of the churches. These are the ones by God's providence mm-hmm. that he has preserved for us for our edification and encouragement, and we are so blessed to have them. Mm-hmm. So before we dig into 2 Corinthians, David, why don't you... Uh, once you lift us up in prayer. Yeah, let's pray. And Father, as we do come before the Word, we, we do acknowledge um, and trust that we know that this is not just the, the Word of man, but this is the Word of God. And so as we do approach it, may we approach it humbly um, for what it is, and may we be reminded that this living and active Word um, is what shapes us, is what convicts, convicts us, and and challenges us and we do ask that as we turn to it now as paul's race said we would be edified and we would be built up um, and that we would be encouraged in the gospel and so as we turn to you now we ask you you would meet us in your word and do the work that only you can do and we pray this all in the great and wonderful name of jesus for those of you that are listening to the podcast, did I introduce us? Did I uh, let them know oh, who's David here Keefe. with us today? That is David Keefe <laughs> over there and, and also Cindy Kemp. And Paul Kemp. Yeah. Paul Kemp. Well, let's go to, yes, I'm here too. <laughs> Second <introduce> Corinthians. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should start the whole podcast over. Second Corinthians uh, chapter one. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God in Corinth, together with all his holy people throughout Achaia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. 
For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you the patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. We don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us, as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Now this is our boast. Our conscience testified that we have conducted ourselves in the world, and especially in our relationship with you, with integrity and godly sincerity. We have done so relying not on worldly wisdom, but on godly grace. For do not write you anything we can, you cannot read or understand. And I hope that as you understand us in part, you will come to understand fully that you can boast of us just as we will boast of you in the day of the Lord Jesus. Because I was confident of this, I wanted to visit you first so that you might benefit twice. I wanted to visit you on my way to Macedonia and to come back to you from Macedonia and then to have you send me on my way uh, to Judea. Was I fickle when I intended to do this, or do I make my plans in a worldly manner? So in the same breath I say both yes, yes, and no, no. But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no. But in him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. I call God as my witness, and I stake my life on it, that it was in order to spare you that I did not return to Corinth. Not that we lord it over your faith, but we work with you for your joy because it is by faith that you stand firm. Mm. And so there is a lot in this passage. Uh, one of the first things you know that Paul wants to do is bring comfort to those mm-hmm. you know that, that they've had a difficult and an, uh, a strained relationship with, especially after the painful visit and the, the tearful letter. So he's receiving you know them back and extending the comfort of the Lord Jesus Christ. We just finished First Corinthians where he said, I'm heading to Macedonia, so I'll come to see you on the way to Macedonia. He decided not to do that because of the tension. Mm-hmm. He wanted his next visit you know, with them to uh, be a joyful rather than a painful visit, so he delays his visit until the time is right. Mm-hmm. And many pe- people are saying, see? And Paul said he would come see us, and, and he didn't come see us. And he said, it's not because I'm fickle, it's because I had your best interest at heart. And so that kind of summarizes, you know, a little bit of what we find in the chapter. What are some of the things, you know, in Paul's appeal that, uh, you know, stand out to you as you read this, you know, passage? Well, it's even a lot of kind of what you're talking about now, Paul, that he even kind of begins this in in, in verse 1, you know, to the church of God in Corinth. You know, obviously, Paul was used to to plant this church. 
Um, and we see kind of the sporadic kind of, I want to come, I didn't, and, and all this, but it seems Paul has this great understanding and knowing that this, as much as he loves his church and as much as he wants to see them, he knows that this is, you know, God's church. Right, this and is, so you know, this he trusts is God not Paul's church. With the church. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, which is a huge thing. It's kind of small, and it's just one little line there, but mm-hmm. I think obviously Paul wrote that for a reason. Uh, Paul seldom wastes, wastes a yeah. line. Yeah. Know, he usually does more theology just in his greetings and you know then we'll grasp in a lifetime and I do like how it moves on to three praise be to God the father of our Lord Jesus Christ the father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God and of course we know Paul had many troubles and yet um You know, he has experienced God's faithfulness through those troubles and then in turn has the ability to speak truth into someone else's life that's experiencing trouble or needs compassion. A little deeper, you know, than speaking truth, that God himself has comforted him in spite of his suffering. Mm -hmm. And uh, the the comfort that God has given him is a comfort that, you know, that he... Mm-hmm. You know, can pass along. You know, you know, to mm-hmm. others. It, it's a it, and the description of God is so beautiful. There, mm-hmm. praise be to God, who is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, and the God of all comfort. Yeah. So, any grace we've received, we've received from God, and any true comfort we find, we we, we find in Him. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times, we you know, have kind of an escapist attitude, you know, mm-hmm. toward our comforts and the things that you know soothe us in our troubles mm-hmm. and all of that. Uh, the God of all true comfort, mm-hmm. you know, as, as the Father of you new know, compassion. And we talk about the gospel and how it kind of moves, and we use these these frameworks sometimes, you know, the gospel for you, the gospel in you, and the gospel through you. And we see some of those movements there, you know, that mm-hmm. Paul's obviously received mm-hmm. that comfort from, from God and also wants to give that comfort to the church. And so I love getting to see that the gospel at work for Paul and, and in Paul, but also him you know, giving that gospel comfort to, to the church as well. Mm-hmm. And you you also see the combination here that you see in, you know, so many, you know, of Paul's writings in the New Testament and even in the life of Jesus that uh, in this world we will, you know, experience suffering, you know, both because, you know, because mm-hmm. of our sin, because mm-hmm. of persecution and tribulations of this world and just we live in a fallen decaying world and and all of us will experience heartbreak all of us will experience suffering all of us will experience disappointment and and of course those bind us to christ Mm -hmm. but not only do all those sufferings bind us to christ we grow in our experience because we receive in those Mm -hmm. supernatural comfort Mm-hmm. In, in Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, where he builds in, in, into us. And so mm-hmm. I love how he talks about just as the sufferings overflow to us, so also mm-hmm. the comfort of Christ overflows in us. And it's in that that the, 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 the product is that patient endurance through the times mm-hmm. of suffering, which I know for myself I'm not mm-hmm. very good at. Mm-hmm. And um, you're thankful that God can give that patient endurance in those times of suffering. You know, and in verse 9 it says, Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, so it was pretty dire. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves but on God. And so um, they found themselves in a place where they couldn't rescue themselves, which was a good place, he, he seems to identify, but that they could completely uh, the rely best, on God. Yeah, the best possible the best place deliverer. to be is yes. beyond our resources exactly. where we have to rely on His. And of course, the line that was sticking out to me, Cindy, was the one that was just before that. Mm-hmm. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, mm-hmm. so that we despaired 
of life itself. Right. You know, we have you know kind of an image, you know, that if everything's going right with your walk with God, you're always mm-hmm. going to be joyful. You're always going to be happy and positive. Part of our experience, you know, was you know despair and and, mm-hmm. and just the tension of not knowing whether we were going to live or, or, or die. So it's a very mm-hmm. earthy feeling. But, you know, he, he does move from that to, you know, the verse that you pointed out, Cindy, mm-hmm. uh, we, we would receive, you know, the sins of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God. And I love how he uses this image, he raises the dead. Mm-hmm. If, if God raises the dead, which is we've already talked about, you know, in First mm-hmm. Corinthians you know, 15, you know, this week, if God indeed raises the dead, then how can he not, you know, bring hope in, into the most dire of circumstances mm-hmm. if he has conquered the ultimate enemy through, through Christ? And to say, too, that they have placed their hope in him, but they will continue as they know he will continue to deliver them. So it's just that really ongoing hope that God provides for us. And I love, you know, where he gets when he says, you know, it's not that, you know, we're saying yes and we don't mean yes and we're saying no, that we don't need no. He he brings back, you know, for the model of his integrity, uh, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ. And you, you have to love what he says, but as surely as God is faithful, our message to you, picking up in verse 18, is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, was not a yes and no kind of Savior, but in him it has always been mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. God's answer to you is always yes, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ, and mm-hmm. so through him the amen and is spoken by us to the glory of God. We simply affirm that God has been true to all of his words to us. And mm-hmm. even his no's or yeses, I mean, you know, we, we pray, yeah. we don't get what we want to. Yeah. It's because he has something far more precious for us, more, mm-hmm. more, far more powerful for us. So it's always yes in Christ to the greater promises of God, which is, we say this a lot, is what you'd want if you're only smart enough yep. to know what you really wanted. Mm-hmm. And it's God, you know, just continuing on. It's God yeah. who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He's anointed mm-hmm. us as seal of ownership on us and put a spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. And so, yeah, let's let's put our hope in, in this God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And beautiful conclusion in, you know, 24, you know, from ministry. We're not trying to lord it over your faith, mm-hmm. but we work with you for your joy mm-hmm. because this is by faith that you stand firm. It's God who makes you stand firm. Mm-hmm. It's by faith in him that you realize his strength in the moment as you face these crises. Mm-hmm. E- even crises that could lead you to despair, mm-hmm. you know, even to the point uh, of death. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the God of compassion and comfort. We thank you that you have uh, loved us beyond what our sins deserve. You've not mm-hmm. repaid us according to our iniquities. You've removed them as far from us as the east is from the west. And as a father has compassion on his children, so you have compassion on those who, who, who fear you. And we thank you that you comfort us. We thank you that in a life that is broken and doesn't often work, full of disappointment, uh, that you give us the strength in our despair uh, to experience the hope that we have in you. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit who is a guarantee of a better hope in you. In the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.